0: You guys excited to get in the Word, though? Yeah. <laughs> Amen. I like that. Yes. Um, we have been going, if you haven't been with us uh, for uh, for the last two Sundays, we are going through Hebrews chapter 6. If you want to begin to turn there, we're going through what I titled the elementary. And so Paul lists us six things, really seven things that, that he says. These are the elementary doctrines of Christ. And if you haven't been with us. We're learning that you cannot go on to maturity unless you have these six things as a foundation. These are your six things that if this has to be a part of your life, otherwise you cannot no longer go on to maturity. We learned the first two. The first one was repentance from dead works. We have to repent of our sins. We have to have faith towards God. Repentance and faith. That's how we're saved. Faith towards God and repenting of our sins. That's how we we come to know who Jesus is. And then Paul's going to give us the, probably the hardest one to understand, maybe because of the translation, but we're going to talk a lot about that. And let's read it this morning. So this is Hebrews chapter six, verse one, therefore, let us leave the elementary doctrine of Christ and go on to maturity. So he's saying, this is the elementary doctrines. Let it, let me teach you something about going on to maturity, but let's lay a foundation. Not laying again a foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith towards God and of instruction about washings, the laying on of hands and the resurrection of the dead and eternal judgment. And this we will do if God permits. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you for your word. I thank you that you are teaching us, Lord, that we can lay a foundation of of doctrine, Father, of thing of to build upon you that we could go on to maturity after this Jesus. And so I pray, Father, don't speak don't don't let me be the one that's getting in your way. Speak through me, Father. Teach your people this morning. Speak to every heart of, in this room and I pray this in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. So, instruction about washings. That's a little confusing, okay? So that word washings is actually the word for baptism so most places in the new testament that word is translation translated baptism it's one of the places i think that one of the few places i think the esv gets it wrong in their translation and most people think so now let me read it to you in the new king james here says this therefore leaving the discussion of the elementary principles of christ let us go on to perfection not laying again a foundation of repentance from dead works faith towards God, and the doctrine of baptisms. So New King James translates that word baptisms. Of laying of the laying on of hands, the res, of resurrection of the dead, and of eternal judgment, the, and this we will do if God permits. Now, to be fair, in Hebrews, there's another place where this word is translated washings. But to be honest, it makes sense there, because it's literally talking about the cleansing of, of the temple. Right, of, of, the, of stuff that happens in the temple. So in that, in that sense, it makes sense. So like, in one place, it makes sense to have it be baptisms, which Jesus taught about, which, which the apostles taught about. And in the other place where Paul's saying, hey, this is happening in the temple, it makes sense to talk about washings, right? Jesus and the apostles taught us about baptisms. Notice it's plural, because we're talking about two different types, right? We are talking about baptism of water, we're talking about baptism of the Holy Spirit. It's, one, it's the only, really, it's one of the very few places that word is plural, right? So water and the Holy Spirit, Jesus taught us about both. So let me just briefly describe to you. I, I feel like water baptism and Holy Spirit baptism are absolutely essential to the believer. In fact, Paul says, you cannot go on to maturity without it. Can't do it impossible. Let's lay this again. Let's lay a foundation. Let's go back to what I've taught you. Excuse me, I said Paul. Nobody really knows the exact author of Hebrews. I think it's Paul personally. But, but let, let me go back to what, what I've already taught you and lay a foundation so that we can go on to maturity. So I was actually baptized by the Holy Spirit before I was baptized by water. And this is what happened, right? So I'm 15 years old. I get saved, radically saved by Jesus. And when I was younger, my parents went through a really difficult divorce. Like It was difficult for me. It was hard, one of the hardest moments of my life. And I really struggled with that for a long time. Okay? And so then, one day, I'm saved. I'm reading my Bible. And, I, and, I, and I'm like, Lord, this, your teaching on divorce is incredible. Your teaching is amazing. And I'm praising God. And I'm worshiping God. And all of a sudden, I start speaking in tongues. I have never heard anybody speak in tongues before. I literally thought it was unique to me. I'm like, whoa, what is this? Like, the whole, I've, I I had no idea what what speaking in tongues was. And in that moment, I was baptized in the Holy Spirit. And then, of course, as I read Scripture and I start studying, I, studying, I realize what speaking in tongues is. And 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 I, the Holy Spirit just fills in, and fills me up and overflows in my life. Very, very important moment in my life. It has been essential to me. Another important moment is when I was water baptized. It was a Wednesday night. We're doing uh, Wednesday night services. They do baptisms. I go to church, and I get baptized. And I will never forget that moment. I go under, I come up, and the church is celebrating like crazy. People are hollering, shouting. And in that moment, I was like, I have a family. Like, these people support me. They love me. They care for me. Now, my mom, at that same time, asked me not to be baptized. So, I get home that night. I'm soaking wet. Like, you could tell I was wet. I'm like, I'm going to sneak in the back door. I sneak around the house. I open the back door. And there stands my mom. (laughs) Then that moment, I was kicked out of the house. I ended up spending the rest of the school year with my aunt the rest of the summer with my dad in Spokane. But in that moment was vital to me because I was making a decision. I am going to serve Jesus no matter who comes against me. I am going to publicly declare that I am Jesus's and I will follow his commandments. And it greatly impacted my life. I want to tell you that both of those things are important. We need to have both of those things in our life. But here's what happens. This is what happens, honestly, right? We know this. We tend to really push one and not the other, right? We kind of do this as churches. We either say, listen, water baptism is essential. You got to have it. Or we say the Holy Spirit baptism is essential. You got to have it. Both are important. You got to have it both. We have churches that will say, listen, if you're going to become a member of our church, you have to be baptized by water in our church doesn't matter if you've ever been baptized before does not doesn't matter to be a member of our church you have to be baptized by water they take it that seriously like it's essential we want to make sure that you are baptized you got to do it and sometimes those churches they don't teach on the baptism of the holy spirit very often and then the other is true too we say well water baptism yeah it's cool you should do it not necessary though not, not like you got to do it, but if you really want to walk in the fullness of God, get baptized by the Holy Spirit. And we do this as churches, right? Like It's like we almost decide we're going to pick one or we're going to pick the other, but not both. Both are absolutely necessary for you to move on to maturity. You got to have both. It's important. So this morning, I want to look at both. I'm going to teach on both. Um, probably going to lean a little heavier on the holy spirit baptism because that's usually where you get the most questions about 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 things so in a little bit more information to uh to digest when it comes to that but is baptism important absolutely jesus was baptized right he was baptized in water and he was baptized by the holy spirit let's look at that this morning we're gonna go through a lot of scripture so just hold on with me here okay Uh, Matthew chapter three, starting in verse 13, it says this about Jesus. Then Jesus came from Galilee to, to the Jordan of John, or excuse me, to the Jordan, to John, to be baptized by him. John would have prevented him saying, I need to be baptized by you. And do you come to me? Could anybody imagine like baptizing Jesus? (laughs) Come on. But Jesus answered him, let it be so now. For thus it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. Then he consented. And when Jesus was baptized, immediately he went up from the water. And behold, the heavens were opened to him. And he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and coming to rest on... Remember that, because that's a key phrase. This is how we know. Like a dove and coming to rest on him. And behold, a voice from heaven said, This is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased. So let's talk about water baptism first. You know, when I was a teenager, my grandmother asked me one day, um, how, do, how do I get baptized? Or how do I get saved? How do I know for sure that I'm going to heaven? And then we ended up having this, this long conversation about faith and Jesus and forgiveness of sins. And as a part of that conversation, I said to her, you know, you could be water baptized. Like, we could baptize you. And in that moment, she's like, I will never do that. I will never allow a person to dunk me under the water and pull me up. That is too embarrassing. And in that moment, I was like, why not? And we started talking about it. But she completely shut down to the idea of Jesus in that moment. And for a long time, I really struggled. Like, maybe I shouldn't have brought that up. Maybe I should have never talked to her about that. But the truth is, if she wasn't willing to be baptized by water, how serious was she about Jesus, really? Right? I mean, if she wasn't really willing to, like, be baptized in water, why, would, would she really be that serious about Jesus? No. No, but for a long time I struggled with that. But we talked about faith, and here's what baptism in water is. It's your first step of faith right it's it's your it's your i'm going to make a public declaration that i serve jesus that i am all about jesus right it says this in mark 16:16 16, 16, whoever believes and is baptized will be saved but whoever does not believe will be condemned when when we get to acts chapter 2 and peter's preaching the gospel and the holy spirit falls and baptizes people right What's the very first thing they begin to do? Baptize in water. They don't wait. They do it immediately. They make a public declaration. Water baptism is the symbolic outward expression of what happened to us on the inside. Let me say that again because it's important. Water baptism is the symbolic outward expression of what has happened to us on the inside. In fact, it says this in Colossians chapter 2. Having been buried with him in baptism, in which you were also raised with him through faith in the powerful working of God, who raised him from the dead, and you, who were dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your, of your flesh, made alive together with him, having forgiven us all our trespasses. Baptism is, is symbolic of you partaking in the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. When you go into that water, you are dying to yourself. You are dying to your sins. You you are you are you are dying to the world. And when you come up, you are you are you are being resurrected, just like Jesus was resurrected. And if the Lord doesn't come back for his church and we don't get caught up, one day you will die and you will be resurrected. It is is the outward expression of what has happened on the inside of us. It's important. It's important. So now, I think everybody gets an idea of water baptism. I want to encourage you, if you have never been water baptized, talk to me after service. You should be water baptized. It's important. It really is. Now we're going to talk about the maybe a little more controversial, shouldn't be, but controversial baptism of the Holy Spirit. Jesus, right before he ascended to heaven, right after the the resurrection, talked about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. He said this, let me read it to you in Acts chapter 1 verse 1. In the first book, O Theophilus, I have dealt with all that Jesus began to do and teach. Until the day when he was taken up, after he had given commands through the holy spirit to the apostles whom he had chosen he presented himself alive to them after his suffering and many proofs appearing to them during 40 days and speaking about the kingdom of god and while staying with them he ordered them not to depart from jerusalem but to wait for the promise of the father which he said you have heard you heard from me for john baptized with water but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. So when they had come together, they asked him, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom of Israel? And he said to them, it is not for you to know times or seasons that the Father has fixed by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. That word upon is very important in Greek. We're going to talk about it soon. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. So some people teach that when you receive the Holy Spirit, you receive the Holy Spirit, when you baptism, excuse me. Some people teach that, when, that you receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit when you are saved. Right? All one event. You, you, are, you are saved, the Holy Spirit comes in you, you are baptized, that's it. In fact, I was talking to a good friend of mine who moved to Dallas a few months ago, who's looking for a church? I was talking to him Friday night. We were praying for Eliana, and as 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 I was talking to him, he said, "You know, I just don't know. I really like the church, but the the pastor literally taught that there is the baptism of the Holy Spirit is and salvation are the exact same thing. There's no difference." And and so I was able to talk, but that that is what some people teach. That is what some people believe. Now, is it true that when you are saved, you have the Holy Spirit in you? absolutely you cannot be saved without the holy spirit he is the seal of the covenant you have if if you do not have the holy spirit you are not saved and that that is that that's important to understand okay but there are three prepositions when when that are used when we're talking about the holy spirit in the new testament jesus taught on all of these paul taught on these too preposition let me give you the definition of a preposition is a word Governing are usually preceding a noun or a pronoun and expressing expressing a relation to another word or element in the clause. So let me give you a couple examples. The man on the platform. The preposition is on in that case. Okay. She arrived after dinner. The preposition is after. So there's three of these prepositions used when referring to the Holy Spirit. And they're usually very specific depending on the circumstance, right? So the first one is in John chapter 14, verse 16 and 17. Jesus is speaking. He says, if you love me, you will keep my commandments, repentance from dead works. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper. Now that word helper is important. To be with you forever. And even the spirit of truth in the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him. He dwells with you and will be in you. Now that word helper is the Greek word para. Remember, I taught on this in the spring. Right? It means to come alongside and to help. Right? So that's the preposition being used there, Jesus is teaching. So the Holy Spirit coming alongside you and to help you. There's another Greek preposition, it's this. The next is the Greek word in. It's E-N. It's where we get our word in, I-N, right? It means the same thing. 1 Corinthians 3.16. Do you not know that you are God's temple and that God's spirit dwells in you? E-N, right? The preposition. If anyone destroys God's temple, he will, be, he will destroy him for God's temple is holy and you are that temple. So those are the first two. The last one's what we're talking about today. The last one is the word api, E-P-I. Okay, it's the Greek word most commonly translated in English upon or on. Okay, um, it says this in, uh, in, in um, Acts chapter 1. It says, but you will receive power. Remember, I told you to remember that. When the Holy Spirit has come upon you, that's E-P-I, that's that word. Right? It's always associated with the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Right, So there are three different prepositions, because all three are different. You have the Holy Spirit alongside you, you have the Holy Spirit inside you, but you also have the Holy Spirit upon you, E-P-I. By the way, that E-P-I, that Greek word, is also the same one used when Jesus is baptized. That's how we know Jesus was baptized by the Holy Spirit. It says it came upon him. EPI. Right? That's very, that's very important to know. Jesus was baptized in water. Jesus was baptized in the Holy Spirit. And if you think you're better than Jesus, we need to talk after church. You should be baptized by water. You should be baptized by the Holy Spirit. We need it in our life to go on to maturity. Now, let me show you this again one more time, in case anybody still has any questions, in Acts chapter 8. So this takes place. Now there's a guy named Simon in the scripture. We're going to, we'll talk about Simon one day, but that's not the the point of what we're talking about here. But in Acts chapter 8, verse 12, it says this. And when they believed, now that believed word's interesting too. And when they believed, Philip, as he preached good news about the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ, they were baptized with men and women. Okay? So here are people who are saved, right? We all agree that these people believe, and they're baptized, they're saved, right? What's interesting about this is that there's no way in the world that Philip is baptizing these people without knowing they're saved. I want you to know the same, I I would never baptize someone who doesn't profess Jesus Christ as their Savior. It's not happening, right? This church ain't doing that. Philip is not out there baptizing people in water who are like, well... Maybe Jesus, but he's not doing it. Okay, that's, that's super important because verse 13, it says this. When Simon himself believed and after being baptized, he continued with Philip and seeing signs and great miracles performed, he was amazed. Now, when the apostles of Jerusalem heard that Samaria, Samaria had received the word of God, they sent to them Peter and John, who came down and prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit. For he had not yet fallen on, E-P-I, that's the Greek word pie. he had not yet fallen on any of them, but they had only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then they laid their hands on them and they received the Holy Spirit. So that Greek word right there, upon, is super important. It's only referenced, the preposition used when we're talking about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So we have people that believe, we have people that are baptized, but they haven't received the baptism of the Holy Spirit because they're two separate events. Does that make sense? Everybody with me? Okay. Now, to confuse you even more, we have a refilling of the Holy Spirit. (laughs) So if you've been baptized by the Holy Spirit, you can be continually filled with the Holy Spirit. And I believe that this is a problem sometimes in the church. Or with people's lives. They get baptized in the Spirit, but then they don't see God to be continually filled with the Holy Spirit. We have the Holy Spirit alongside us. We have the Holy Spirit in us. We have the Holy Spirit upon us, and then we can be filled with the Holy Spirit. In Acts chapter 4, Peter and John are arrested for preaching the gospel. Then they're released. They're gathered together, and they're praying. Now keep in mind, these are the same people that are in Acts chapter 2. These are the same people speaking in tongues, baptism of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit has fallen upon them. These are the people that that experience that. Does that make sense? And in Acts chapter 4, it says this. And when they had prayed, the place in which they were gathered together was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and continued to speak the word of God with boldness. So there's a baptism from the Holy Spirit and then we, are, then we can be continually filled with the Holy Spirit after that. Guys, it's necessary for our lives to be continually filled with the Holy Spirit. We need the Holy Spirit. We have to have it. We have to have it. We could go on an exhaustive study of this subject. But I think for today, that's probably pretty good. I want to illustrate what this does for our lives. Pete, Pete's going to help me with this. You want to come stand in the pool? <laughs> okay. Randy, Gabe, you want to come help? Uh, this is, this is, so the word baptism is the word immersion, submission, uh, surrounded, right? That's why we baptize in water, right? Hold on, guys. Wait one second. <laughs> that, that's why we baptize yeah, they're eager. <laughs> that's why we baptize in water. We don't sprinkle water, right? We actually dunk and come up because that's literally the meaning of the word, like immersion, so like surrounded, okay? And, and so that, that's important to know. So I believe personally water baptism is symbolic of Holy Spirit baptism. So this is what the Holy Spirit baptism looks like, right? So if I take my water, give it a little, light, Right? You guys think that's what, what that looks like? No, right? It, some people get, some people get a touch from the Holy Spirit. They get a touch, a, a, a touch of the Holy Spirit. Like show them what a touch looks like. Maybe show, show them a little touch. <laughs> Holy Spirit baptism, right? I, there's a lot of Christians that get touched by the Holy Spirit, yeah. but they're not necessarily baptized by the Holy Spirit. Show them. Show them what baptism looks like. Yes. Keep it going. Yes. Yes. Surrounded, immersed, right? We're going to have water everywhere. (laughs) And here's the thing about Holy Spirit baptism everybody's getting wet, right? Everybody's getting wet. You ever been in a baptism? Everybody gets wet, right? Thank you, Pete. thank you, my man, because it's flowing out of your life, right? We need the power. What's the purpose of the baptism of the Holy Spirit? To go and be witnesses, and we need that. When we walk into the coffee shop, the presence of the Holy Spirit comes with us. When we walk into Walmart, the presence of the Holy Spirit comes with us, when we walk into the, to, to school or to our jobs. And, you know, peep, unbelievers can feel the presence of God because you have been baptized. It is overflowing. It, it, is, it is flooding the area. And that is the power to be a witness to the ends of the earth. You know that, that, that those verses are literally prophetic verses. You are that. As we are coming to the end times, as we, are, as we are coming to the end, right? And I'm not one to say I know exactly when it is, but there are signs. There's going to be some great deception happening. I want you to know that. As a pastor, I, I need to tell you this. There's going to be a lot of things happening that are going to be decept- deceptive. Stay true to your faith. Amen. Stay true to your faith. But you are, the exact, you are the result of the baptism of the Holy Spirit because... We're about as far as Jerusalem as you can get. We are the ends of the earth. We are the ends of the earth. We are sitting in that day and age. We're sitting in that day and age. So maybe you're here this morning, you're like, Steve, if the worship team wants to come forward. How do I get that? How do I get that? All you got to do is ask. That's all you got to do. All you have to do is ask. That's it. There's no formula. There's no, there's no, do these five things, start speaking really loud and see. No, just ask. Let me show you this. Jesus wants to do this for you. Luke chapter 11, Jesus is speaking. He says, and I tell you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives and one who seeks finds and to the one who knocks it will be opened. What father among you, if he has a son, asks for a fish, will give him, will instead of a fish, give him a serpent? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? Now, this, that, those verses right there sometimes are the most, the most confusing verses ever because people preach all kinds of things out of that. But what Jesus is really referring to is the Holy Spirit. If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children. How much more will your will the heavenly father give the holy spirit to those who ask? You got to seek, you got to knock. You just have to ask. Jesus wants to baptize you with the holy spirit. He wants to do that. It's his desire to do that. It's not for some. It's not for a select few this you get a lot this, in america is for those people in africa no it's for anywhere in the world it's for all people he wants to do it these verses that go so long so great with our church this is what we need for post Falls church this, this these verses right here Are what we need to bring to post falls we can do events we can do bible studies we can do we can do all kinds of things and we should do all none of those things are bad but this right here what jesus says if anyone thirsts let him come to me and drink whoever believes in me as the scriptures have said out of his heart will flow rivers of living water we need the rivers of living water to flow out to post falls we can't do it. I don't want to do it. I don't want it to be me. I want it to be the Holy Spirit. I want it to be authentic, and I want it to be genuine, and I want it to be a move of God. It's the powers to go to the end of the earth. Seek the baptism of the Holy Spirit. We're going to close with a song if the prayer team wants to come forward. If you're sitting here this morning, maybe you were... Baptized with the Holy Spirit, but you need to be filled with the Holy Spirit again. You need more of that in your life. Or maybe you've never been baptized with the Holy Spirit. Just ask. When you know, you know. Just ask. Just ask. That's all you got to do. Just ask. As we sing this song, you're dismissed. You're free to go at any time during the song. The worship team is going to play a song. But I want to encourage you to come forward and pray. For the filling of the Holy Spirit. If, you're, if you've been here maybe for, maybe for a long time, you haven't felt like your walk with God has been as strong as it was before. Pray for the filling of the Holy Spirit. Pray that Jesus is going to fill you up, press down, shaken, shaken, flowing over, and that when you walk into the room, other people are going to know a difference. It's going to open their heart up to receive Man, would you stand to your feet and well, sing?